Welcome to the Encounter Community Church Podcast, where we take God's Word and look at how we can utilize, practically apply it, and implement it into our lives. Welcome back to the Encounter Community Church Podcast. My name is Ken Ballard Jr. I'm the pastor here at Encounter Community Church. And again, I'm so excited to be a part of your journey, wherever you're at. And thank you for giving me this privilege of being able to do so. I really do hope that with this podcast, that you're inspired, that you're inspired to look at where does your life stand at in your relationship with God and what steps do you want to take to move forward? What steps do you want to take to connect? What steps do you want to take to grow? What steps do you want to take to build that relationship with him? And I pray that this podcast inspires you to do that. Well, as far as my personal life is concerned, this week is the first week of school for my kids. It's amazing to think that for my two older kids, this is their junior year in high school. That's right, next year is their senior year. And it just, it, <laughs> it, it blows my mind to think about. And then for my two youngest, it's their eighth grade year. So next year they will, next year we will have four kids in high school. Two seniors and two freshmen. That's just amazing to think about. And you know what goes through your mind, or at least through my mind, is what kind of relationship do I have with my kids, especially now that they're getting ready to go to college for my two older ones? What kind of connection do I have with them? Like, do they see me as the kind of dad to where if they're going through something, that they feel like they can come to me and, and they, they can talk to me about it? I don't know. Maybe that's a question I'm going to ask them. Just to kind of see where I stand at with them. And if there are things that I need to do to work on that, I got a year. Which, ladies and gentlemen, we know that that is not a lot of time at all. So I've tried some things in connecting with my kids, but honestly, I've had my own struggles to go through. I've had my own wrestles in me because of things that I just carry on from, you know, the challenges of my childhood and adulthood and just other decisions that I've made, things that I've had to work through that sometimes get in the way of me being able to connect with others, whether it be God, whether it be my wife, whether it be my kids, friends, or even myself. I've had some stuff that I needed to work through, y'all. And I would tend to believe that I'm not the only one. I'm not the only one. And I, I think you would agree, like in this age of connection, about just, just think about how quickly we can connect. Matter of fact, we have grown so accustomed to connecting quickly. I think about how frustrated we get when we don't connect quickly. I mean, just think about that. I remember when, when AOL, remember that? AOL, I don't even know what AOL stands for. Is it America Online? I think that's what it was. When it first came out, and you would plug your, phone, your your computer, had that modem inside of it, and 
you would dial in. Like you'd hear that sound, and that was absolutely horrible. And some of you are going, what the heck is he doing? But for others of you who are in your 40s, 50s, 60s, you remember the sound that your computer used to make when it was trying to connect to the internet. And you would sit there and you would wait and it would do its thing and you'd be waiting. All of a sudden that sound would stop, but you would still be waiting. And then all of a sudden, there it is. And now you're connected and you are online. And then as soon as you're connected and online, you get the what? You've got mail. <laughs> you guys remember that? I'm, I'm totally dating myself, aren't I? But you remember that. You remember those days when, we, when the internet first came around. And we were so excited because it felt like it was so fast back then. And what we have now, man, that's not the... Comparing what we have now to what we have then is like comparing a bicycle to a supersonic jet as far as speed is concerned. So we've gotten used to speed and connecting quickly. And so when that does not happen, when your phone is not connecting quickly, so you switch to data and that does not connect quickly. When your computer is not connecting quickly, just think about how frustrating that is as all get out. Because all we want to know is, hey Siri, how many gold medals did the United States win in the Olympics? So that's all we want to know. And that beat that you heard in the background was my phone responding to me saying, hey Siri. <laughs> so if you heard a boop, boop, that was my phone. Because it heard me say, hey Siri. But along those lines, I think we are used to being able to connect quickly. But I think that that's something we should ask in our lives, not only when it comes to like connecting with the computer and the internet, but how connected are we to others in our relationship with them? Because that's what our soul desires. You know, we're in the middle of a series called Solution. And the idea behind this series is there are some deep needs that our soul has. And so what do we turn to to be able to satisfy those deep needs? Whatever it is that we turn to, that is our soul Lucian. That is our soul Lucian. And so for this series, what we've been looking at is how important it is for us to turn to God to be able to satisfy and meet those needs. Last week, we talked about the Bible and the Word of God and how important that is. And this week, we talked about the soul and that our soul is in a constant state of being disconnected. Ever since the fall of Adam and Eve and the challenges that we've had then, because of what Adam and Eve did, it put us in a state of disconnect. Disconnect from God and disconnect from one another. And yet now our soul aches and longs for it. It really does. So on Sunday, I talked about our soul's need for connection, and I used the metaphor of Wi-Fi and a computer. Maybe that's why it's so fresh in my head still today. But I, I used the metaphor of that. And, and, and looking at, because Wi-Fi is designed for connection. If our Wi-Fi is not connected, it is not meeting its purpose. Our souls are designed for connection. 
And if we are not connected, then our soul is not meeting its purpose. Now, ultimately, our soul is designed to be connected with God, but also designed to be connected with others in close relationship with them. It's designed for that. So I talked about that this Sunday, so I'm not going to go into too much detail about that. So I want to encourage you, if you missed the live stream on Sunday, please go back and watch it and just be able to check it out. But with that in mind for us, here is what I said ultimately. I said our soul is in a state of consistent disconnection. And the soul solution is prayer. So if we think about the internet, the internet is ethereal. Like it, it's, it's there, it's, it's all around me. And so all I need in order to connect with the internet is I need a tool. And for many of us, that tool may be called a modem. And that modem gives us Wi-Fi capability. So the modem is the means by which we connect with the internet as a whole. So the thing that I said on Sunday is think of prayer as your modem. God is out there. He is there. We just need to connect with him. And prayer is the means by which we do so. So what we've been doing over this series is we've been talking about spiritual disciplines. And on Sundays, we're talking about why they're so important. And what we want to do on the podcast is we want to talk, begin to talk about at least how to do them, how to implement them so that we are able to get the most out of them in our lives. So what I wanted to do before we start getting into more of the hows, I, I just wanted to take a moment to just talk about some of the things that Jesus says about prayer. I, I won't take too long because I, I do want to make sure that we have time to get into the house. But also, I, I just wanted to talk about what Jesus says that we could pray about. And then there's another passage that I think is really powerful that also talks about what we should pray about. So in Matthew chapter 6, verse 5, Jesus begins to talk about prayer. And here's what he says in verse 5. When you pray... Don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. There are times where I've seen people, man, they, they could pray the socks off of just, I don't know what I was, metaphor I was going for, but they could just pray the heck out of prayer. Like there, there are some people that I've heard that man, when they begin to pray, Father, thus Lord, and there, there is a tone that their prayer begins to take. And you listen to that person pray and you think, man, I can't pray like that. And the truth is, sometimes that prayer is just a performance. Now, I'm not going to say that in all cases. There may be people who really do pray like that, and that's how they connect with God. If so, hey, more power to you. But there were also times where I, I, I knew the backstory of the people who were praying, and you knew that the person standing in front of you saying this incredible prayer was a hypocrite. 
So in this, what this is challenging us to do is to make sure that we're not praying just to be recognized. Verse 6, but when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father who sees everything will reward you. Literally, here's what Jesus Christ is getting at. He's not saying it's bad to pray, to pray in public. He's not saying that at all. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's encouraging. Sometimes it's rewarding. There have been times where I have been around people who have prayed publicly, and then you realize, like, oh, my goodness, I didn't know that's what you were concerned about. Sometimes when you're around others and they're praying publicly, you get a sense of the deep needs of their soul. So praise God for that. I mean, that's, that's incredible. That's great. But the reason why we pray is not, again, for public recognition, but private connection. So, so we pray, Father, because I, I just want to be connected with you. And if I'm praying publicly, I just want to be connected with you. If I'm praying privately, I just want to be connected with you. That's what Jesus is really getting at is make sure you understand the heartbeat behind prayer. So that's why he says in verse 7, when you pray, don't babble on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your heavenly Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. So he's saying don't, you don't have to babble on and on and on and on. Just come straight to God with your heart. That's why I tell people, you know, sometimes the most spiritual prayer that I prayed is, help me. <laughs> and of course, Jesus knew what I was referring to, but help me. That has been the most spiritual prayer sometimes that I prayed. So with this in mind, what Jesus does then is says, now that I've talked about the attitude for prayer, and the goal of prayer really is just simply that, it's connection. Here are the things that you want to pray about. So he says, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. So one of the things that we pray about when we do pray is, God, may your name be honored. May your name be honored by what I do. May your name be honored by how I live. May your name be honored by how I talk. May your name be honored by how I conduct myself throughout the day. May your name be honored by the way that I work interact with my co-workers may your name be honored and ultimately ultimately may not it just not be honored by me may be honored by all of those that are around me as well verse 10 may your kingdom come soon may your kingdom come soon so, so we're praying god bring your kingdom here so that we may be with you and here's the beauty of this did you know that you could bring a little piece of heaven right here on earth like when you begin to live the kind of life that the Father calls you to live, that's what you do. That's what you do. But ultimately what you do is you begin to lay down the framework that's going to allow the kingdom of God as a whole to come down again in the future. But we prepare ourselves for that. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So you pray for God's will. You pray for God's will. God, ultimately, what is your will? What is your will? There's a guy named Henry Blackaby who says something really powerfully once. He said, when you pray, don't say, God, what is your will for me? He says, simply pray, God, what is your will? 
And the reason why he said that is because sometimes when we say, God, what is your will for me? We can tend to try to bend the will of God to what we want it to be. So he says, when you just pray, God, what is your will? So no matter what it is, God, I'm going to do it. No matter how comfortable, how or uncomfortable, how difficult, how hard, God, I'm going to do it. May your will be done. Give us today the food we need. Pray for your daily needs. That's another thing that you could pray for. Pray for your daily needs. So, so far, again, here's what we're praying for. We're praying for the name of God to be honored. We're praying for God's kingdom. We're praying for God's will. And now we're also praying for our needs. And there is nothing wrong with praying for your needs. I want my kids to be able to say, hey, dad, here's what's going on. Here's what my needs are. Now, there may be times where I would be able to look and say, no, no, that's not what you need. That's what you want. I still get that confused sometimes. Like, I need a Tesla. <laughs> I need a Tesla. No, Ken, you don't need a Tesla. You need transportation. You want a Tesla. So just trying to figure all of those elements out. But I want my kids to be able to come to me and say, hey, Dad, this is what I need. And our Heavenly Father wants us to be able to do the same thing as well. And forgive us our sins. So you're also looking at your life and what is it that separates you from God? What is it that separates you from others? What are your actions that, are, that have done so? God, forgive me for those actions. As we have forgiven those who sin against us. So part of prayer is it's an opportunity for us to work through broken relationships. God, help me on my part to do what is necessary for my relationships to be great. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. So you're also praying for your decision-making ability. God, there's, and, and the, the truth is, and I've said this before, every single one of us, we have a shadow. We have an area where we wrestle. We have an area of temptation. See, I, I can tell you right now, Satan is not going to tempt me with alcohol. That's just not my struggle. It's not. However, Carrot cake? <laughs> oh boy, that is a different thing. And you can look at my life. I mean, if you look at my weights, you can tell that I have at times turned to food for comfort as opposed to Jesus. So alcohol, not a temptation. Food, yeah. Yeah. So we can begin to look at our lives as well. And, and we know those weak areas. We know those triggers. And so then we ask God, God, protect me from that. So again, what is it that we're praying for when we pray? We're praying for God's name to be honored. We're praying for God's kingdom. We're praying for God's will. We're praying for our needs. We're praying for our relationship with God and for forgiveness. We're praying for relationships in our lives and brokenness that we may have with others and our ability to forgive others. And we're praying for temptation and the ability to be able to overcome that. So those are the things that you do. Those are the things that you want to talk to God about. But there's another passage that I really love that gives us an idea of some things that we'd be praying about, praying about too. 
In 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, it says, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. So the question is, do you pray for others as much as you pray for yourself? Do you pray for others as much as you pray for yourself? Because one of the things that you'll find is there's something about praying for others that ignites the heart of God to be unleashed in your soul. There's something about praying for the heart of others that ignites compassion and mercy and grace in you. And not only does it ignite it as an emotion, it actually ignites it as an action. So pray for others. It says, ask God to help them. Ask God to help them. We think about what's going on in Haiti right now. Be praying for Haiti. Over 1,300 people have lost their lives up to this point, and they anticipate that number continuing to grow. Pray for them. Pray for the sick in our nation. Right now, the Delta variant is causing all kinds of havoc in our healthcare system, especially in the South. Be praying for others. Be praying for their needs. Be praying for students that are going back to school right now and just their safety. Be praying for teachers and their safety. Be praying for principals and those that are in charge of the structure that kids are going to have when they're going to school, the school districts and school board systems. Be praying for them that they're able to navigate this COVID thing as safely as possible for the sake of our children. Be praying for that. Be praying for your coworkers when you find out what their needs are. Pray for them. Pray for your neighbors. Make a commitment. It says, ask for help. Ask God to help them. And then it says, intercede on their behalf. What does it mean to intercede for someone? It means that you pray for someone when they can't pray for themselves. So on their behalf, you go to God for them. And give thanks for them. There's a reason why God brings them into your path across your life. And I would even say give thanks for difficult people. You're like, Ken, you had me up until that point. <laughs> I don't want to pray for the what I would call heavenly sandpaper in my life. You know what I mean by heavenly sandpaper, right? It's because they just rubbed me the wrong way. <laughs> Ken, I don't want to pray for that. But we're encouraged. Jesus said in Luke chapter 6, pray for those who misuse you. Pray for the people who are difficult in our lives. Because those are the opportunities for us to develop patience and compassion and forgiveness. And for us to reach another level of becoming more like Jesus as we express and give compassion to others. Then it says in verse 2, Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. So in this passage, we recognize that we should be praying for others and also we should be praying for authority. Now, in this political climate, I can tell you now, it is very easy to see something that's wrong 
especially when the person in a position of leadership is not of the same political party that you are. It's very easy. Pray for them. People are questioning Joe Biden's decision to leave Afghanistan. I think people wanted us to leave Afghanistan, but now they're questioning, was it the right method in the way that we left? Now, there's two options that we could do, is we could sit down and we can complain about what people would call a Sleepy Joe, that's the nickname that uh, Donald Trump gave him. We can, we can complain about Sleepy Joe, or we can pray for him. Pray for the decision-making process. Pray for the people out in Afghanistan that are affected by the Taliban moving in. Pray, pray for those in authority. So how much do we pray? Pray for, in California right now, we're looking at a possible recall of Gavin Newsom. And the reason why is because many Californians are unhappy with the way that he handled the COVID situation. So that's where this has come about. Again, I'm not gonna tell you which way to vote or which way to think about that. I'm just saying, do we pray for him? Whether we want him gone or whether not, do we pray for him? Do we pray for those in authority? It is so easy to complain about those in authority. So easy for us to do. Do we pray for them? As much as we complain about them. Now, why is prayer for others so important? Why is prayer for authority so important? Verse three, I love this. This is good and pleases God our Savior who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. It pleases God that we pray. It pleases God that we pray. So again, based upon these two passages, what are we praying for? We're praying that God's name is honored. We're praying for God's kingdom. And God's kingdom, and, and part of praying for God's kingdom is do we pray for those who don't know Jesus to come to know him? So we're praying for God's kingdom, we're praying for God's will, we're praying for our needs, we're praying for our relationship with Jesus and to help us understand anything that's come in the way of that relationship and for his forgiveness. We're praying for the relationships in our lives and any of those that may be broken. We're praying for temptation and to be able to resist that. Now we're also recognizing that we pray for others and that we make a commitment to uplift other people before God on a regular basis. And then we're also looking at that we pray for those in authority. We pray for those in authority. So now with that in mind, that if these are all the people that we pray for, now the question becomes, well, Ken, all of that is great. But now, how do I pray? How do I pray? So here's what we're going to do is we're going to just look at some very simple tools that we could do that will help us in prayer. One that I've seen that is really good is to take the word acts, A-C-T-S, not acts. That's my country accent kicking in, where it sounds like I'm saying acts, like as in chopping down a tree. No, acts. I can't even say the acts. A-C-T-S. <laughs> so the A in acts stands for admiration. So what we want to do is we want to honor God. God, thank you for who you are. And, and we use it as an opportunity to be able to pray and thank him. The C stands for confession. 
or is there anything in our life that we need to come before God and just say, God, please forgive me for the choices that I make. The T stands for Thanksgiving. That God, I, I come before you and I'm thankful for this and, and the work in your life. And the S stands for supplication. Supplication is a, is a, is a complicated way of just saying, asking. Then I come before God, I'm talking to him about my needs or the needs of others, but I come before him. So, acts, admiration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. If we remember that, and we, we incorporate that into prayer, it's a good way to start. Now, also, a good thing to remember, too, is if you know how to talk to someone else in conversation, you know how to pray. Now, I can tell you now, when you talk to your friends, you don't use acts in talking to your friends. Like, you don't start with, hey, man, I admire you. I'm so grateful. Hey, man, I just want to confess to you the struggles of my life. Hey, man, I'm thankful for this. And so, so we don't always use that when we talk to others. So I would also encourage you to learn how to talk to God the same way that you talk to people. Romans 8.15, so you have not received a spirit that makes you feel fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father. In other words, we call him Dad. We call him Dad. So the picture, and, and I know that for some of us, the idea of talking to God as dad can be a difficult one because of just the relationships that we've had with our father. I've had a tough relationship with my dad, so it was something that I had to work through as well. But I picture this as, imagine the perfect dad, the dad that you've always wanted. That is who our heavenly father is. And so I come to him. And just imagine that you're sitting across the table at Starbucks, drinking your caramel macchiato, and you're chit-chatting with your dad. Sometimes you'll chit-chat about life. Sometimes you'll chit-chat about challenges. Sometimes you'll chit-chat about work, school, things you're going through. Sometimes you'll chit-chat about television shows and Harry Styles, and, you know, actors, actresses. So just imagine what it would look like to hang out with your dad and just incorporate that same mentality into prayer. It may help. It may help. Now, another tool that I've seen people do is, which is really great, what they'll do is they'll just, they'll, they'll break down different days and pray for different things on different days. For example, Mondays, my work week begins on Monday. So on Mondays, I'm praying for my work week, the things I anticipate coming up, the challenges that may be there. Also, if you have kids, they're starting their school week that week or school day, school week that day. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> so you pray for your kids and school and their friendships and their relationships. So you pray for that. So that's what you pray for on Mondays. Tuesdays, maybe they'll take that and they'll pray for those in authority, those in those positions of authority and their decision-making process. But they use Tuesdays to pray for that. On Wednesdays, they use Wednesdays to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to use this day to pray for 
the people with who, who I know, the people whose paths I cross, my, my boss, my coworkers, my friends, people that are in need, I'll use Wednesdays to pray for that. Uh, Thursdays, they may use Thursdays as a day to pray for their own personal struggles, their own personal life, how they're doing in their relationship with God. They kind of analyze that and they use Thursdays to pray for that. And then Fridays, now that they've gone through their week and they prayed for the week on Monday, now they're thankful for their week on Friday. So again, just look at it as an opportunity for me to spend time with the dad that I've always wanted. And with that in mind, if I could give you the secret sauce, like if there was a secret sauce for prayer, remember secret sauce in Big Macs? And everybody wanted to know what the secret sauce was. And we were all disappointed when we found out that the secret sauce was Thousand Island dressing. <laughs> but from that point forward, how many people began to put Thousand Island dressing on their hamburgers? It was a fad at one point. But now, I just wanted to share with you, like, what is the secret sauce? And let me tell you, this secret sauce hopefully is not as disappointing <laughs> as Thousand Island dressing. But what it can do is it can help us to understand how to be able to connect with God and spend time with Him. How to get the most out of our prayer. So you can use any of the techniques that we talked about before. We could talk about acts. We could talk about setting aside your day. What we're going to do is on our next step link that we're putting on our website, on the section under prayer, we're going to give you some tools that you can utilize. It kind of walks you through prayer, what it is and how to pray and how to utilize them. And I really do hope that they will take your prayer to the next level. But here's the thing. The secret sauce of great prayer, time. I know you're really, you're expecting like, go to a secret mountain, <laughs> you know? Or no, it, it really is, it's time. So there's two types of time that I wanna encourage you to have. One is planned time. Like many times in your marriage, you really wanna have a great marriage. Part of it is making a commitment to have planned time where you just hang out and chit chat and talk and it allows you to be able to develop a close connection and relationship with one another. But it's time that you set aside. Maybe it's a date night or a time to check in when you're done with work or whatever it might be. But it's time that you set aside that, hey, this is gonna be a time to just hang out and talk. Talk about life, talk about a relationship, talk about kids, talk about one another. It's time for us to do that. But then there's also those spontaneous moments where you're walking through the kitchen and you're cooking dinner and your wife walks into the kitchen and says, mmm, that smells good. What are you cooking? And then you tell your wife what you're cooking. Now, I say that because that's kind of my dream because I can't cook. <laughs> so I would love to be in the kitchen one day and Heidi walks in and is like, mmm, that smells good. What are you cooking? I would love for that to happen, and maybe I should try some all-recipe recipes, the, the five-stars one, though. <laughs> I should try some of those. But all of a sudden, you begin to walk through, like, the recipe and what it's about and how you're enjoying that and how you're excited about cooking dinner for one another, and then all of a sudden, there's a conversation that comes out of that, and, and then it grows. So there's times where you have planned time together, 
And then there's also spontaneous time together. Well, that's what prayer is about. So what you do is grab whatever tool it is that you use for planning out your time or your schedule and actually plan time to spend with God. But then also take advantage of those spontaneous moments. You're driving down the street and you see someone who's homeless and it really grabs your heart. Like, I feel like I really need to pray for them. You're at work and someone says something to you about what they're going through. And you grab their hand and say, you know, I'm going to pray for you right now. Is that okay? But we look for those spontaneous moments that happen where we can just connect with God. And even if it's just you walk out and it is an absolutely gorgeous day and you see the, this, the, the clouds, that they're in a really cool pattern or design. Maybe it's around sunset and you just see these purples and oranges and grays and blues and pinks and all these incredible hues. And you think, God, you are incredible. And you use that as a moment to just worship God and celebrate him and his creation. So there's components of both. So that's the most important thing. No matter what technique you use, whether it's acts, whether it's setting aside personal days, whether it's just hanging out with your dad, whatever technique you do, it is that you use, just make sure that you are incorporating personal time with God. And I'll tell you, when you first start, it's gonna be awkward as all get out. It'll feel weird. Just like when you're getting to know someone as a friend or even in a relationship, when you first start out, there's the conversations that you try to have and there's the awkward silence and there's the telling your stories. And there also may be times where conversations just flow, but there will still be moments of awkwardness and you're trying to figure out what do I say next? And you kind of process that. But then eventually what happens as you continue to build that relationship with one another and begin to grow in that connection, it starts to flow more and more naturally. And then also what you'll notice is you'll get to a place where it's easy for you to recognize the voice of God and when he's speaking to you and you to be able to get to know him. And it just kind of grows out of that. Time. Well, I do. I hope that this has been an encouragement to you with this podcast and just looking at how to pray. And like I said, all these techniques will be on our new link once we launch it when we talk about prayer and what it is, and what we're going to do on that website is, on that link, uh, we're going to have different subpages for different disciplines that you could go to, that you could be able to utilize and kind of walk through. It's going to be a mixture of videos and PDFs and other tools and recommendations and links and all those other elements. Uh, what can we do to give you the fullest spiritual life that you could have utilizing the spiritual disciplines and having a rich relationship in the intimacy that you have with God. So that's our prayer. That's our prayer. So we hope that this has been an encouragement to you. If you know someone who is new to prayer and trying to figure this out, and this has been helpful to you, share this with that person, and hopefully they will be encouraged by what it is that they hear as well, and it'll be an opportunity for truth to be spoken in their lives, into their lives in ways that will encourage and challenge them. If you're listening to this on our website and you just want to have access to just whenever we post new podcasts, I would encourage you to subscribe. Again, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, pretty much anywhere that you can download podcasts, you'll probably find us there. 
So go ahead and subscribe and connect, and that way when we post new things, you'll be one of the first ones to be notified about it. Well, I do hope that this has helped you and encouraged you. And just a quick reminder that Encounter is about three things. Love up, let's fall madly and passionately in love with God, and that's what prayer helps us to do. Love out. Let's really make a commitment to love others the way that Jesus loves them. And the best way to do that is to begin to pray for them. Pray for those in need. Pray for your enemies. Pray for your friends. Pray for your family members. Just begin to pray for others. And also love in. Be the best version of yourself that you can be. And prayer also allows for that to happen. So hopefully we'll see you on Sunday on our live stream at 1030 or at our service. And we'll see you back here for the podcast next week. Well, take care. God bless you. Have a great week. Thank you so much for joining us for the Encounter Community Church podcast. If you could do us a favor, whatever service it is that you're listening to this podcast on, please rate and review us. If there's anything that we can do better, please let us know. But by rating and review, it also make our podcast easier for others to be able to find. If you would like to support us at Encounter financially with what it is that we're doing to make a difference in our community, whether it's the mobile food bank, whether it's serving at North High School, or making a difference, again, in our community, feel free to head over to our website, encountercommunity.church. Click the link that says online giving. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. That way, when we post new live streams or new vlogs, you'll be updated. As well as, please head over to Facebook and like our page. That way, when we post new podcasts, again, new vlogs, new live streams, or have church events, you'll be updated and know what's going on here at Encounter. As we said before, thank you so much. We're so glad to have you with us, and we look forward to you being a part of the podcast next week.